Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show. I specialize in one-page marketing plans for coaches, consultants, and experts, and I help them create and implement their plan in three days or less. And at Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs, we share tips, strategies, and actionable advice for you to boost your confidence uh, in different, different areas of your business on a daily basis. Uh, if you're watching whichever channel you're watching on, please uh, uh, like uh, the show, like the stream, subscribe to the channel. If you have any questions, make, you know, make sure you pop your questions in a comment and uh, or in the form of a review and we'll get back to you. If you know a friend that could benefit from our conversation today, which is about successful sales conversations with my great guest, Jeremy the Merchant. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you. So if you have any questions about successful sales conversations or about sales in general, pop them in the comments in the chat box and we'll uh, answer your questions to uh, the best of our abilities. And uh, yeah, that's that. Welcome, Jeremy. How's your day going? My day is fantastic. How is yours, Mustafa? It is fantastic. I've got a, I've got a ton of meetings like back to back. <laughs> And when I'm talking to a lot of people, it actually makes me happy. I, I love to talk and connect and communicate and explore and, you know, go through opportunities and possibilities. So that just gets me going. Love it. Awesome. awesome. How about you? Uh, you know, it's it's been a, an awesome day where you got some big things going on in my personal world, baby on the way. And uh, and so we're, we're maximizing the business and the personal side and just lots of changes, lots of growth and lots of excitement. Beautiful. Let me do the proper introduction, gang, for Jeremy, and then we're going to dive right into a very uh, important and interesting topic. Uh, Sir Jeremy DeMerchant, which I love your last name. It's like a business last name. It's like probably your ancestors were like merchants, right? <laughs> love it. Jeremy DeMerchant is a sales team turnaround specialist, international bestselling author, award-winning speaker, and host of the Sales Team Rescue podcast. After getting hooked on sales at the age of 14, Jeremy found his place leading high-performance sales teams by the age of 19. And, uh, you know, at the age of 19, I was probably just, you know, trying to figure out who I am. But this guy was, like, leading high-performance sales teams. He, he has supported some of North America's leading companies in telecom, banking, insurance, and education, and has had the opportunity to help businesses from Santa Monica to Singapore to double their sales in as little as a few weeks. Welcome again. Thanks so much. I'm excited. So, Jeremy, please tell us your, about your story. What is your story? How did you get into this, this whole sales world? Well, I was working at a convenience store, this gas bar that was down the street from my house when I was 14 years old. And one day I saw this $1 scratch ticket and it had Dooley's on the top. And Dooley's here in Canada um, is the name of a billiards hall, a pool hall. And so I wasn't athletic at all, still not really, uh, but I, I was kind of okay at pool. And uh, so I got excited when I saw this pool hall brand on the ticket, but I was 14, too young to buy the scratch tickets. So the first person that walked in that day, I said, hey, have you seen these? You should buy one. And he bought one. And then the next person walked in and said, hey, have you seen these? You should buy one. She bought two. And it went on like that throughout the weekend. And it was just a Saturday and Sunday shift. I was, you know, just 14 years old. And I had sold out by the end of the weekend. And I realized that if I could share my enthusiasm about something, I could influence somebody's buying decisions. 
then I was hooked. So that that's the that, that's where the 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 love happened for for me in the sales space. So takeaway was that if you could share your enthusiasm, you can easily get them to buy from Absolutely. you. Absolutely, and and you know one piece I, I want to carry that right over into something for the audience. When I, now when I train sales reps, my first priority is having them quote unquote drink the Kool Aid. Because it doesn't matter how unpolished they are. It doesn't matter how well they know the ins and outs of the product. If they truly believe in it, if they've drinking the Kool-Aid of the value that it presents, the impact that it has, they'll overcome the rough edges, the missteps. Um, they're going to overcome all the, the tough stuff purely based on belief. And so I think that was such a vital lesson for me to learn at age 14 because it, it carries through for everybody in sales. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And so tell us about what you do these days. What do you do and who do you serve? So, uh, you know, I fell in love with sales back then. Um, I've run phenomenal sales teams. And to be honest, I was doing frontline sales and realized I like coaching better than I like doing the sales myself. I love sales conversations, but I personally don't love um, picking up the phone and dialing to be totally transparent. Um, so that's, <laughs> I want to, I want to coach people. So I launched my business permission to sell uh, back in 2014. And it was after I just finished up working with an online university. We had done a five and a half million dollar intake with them with me and one sales rep or one enrollment rep. Um, and I just decided that I don't want to just help one company at a time. I want to help multiples. And so now I've had the opportunity to help companies all over the world, whether it's small business owners just trying to get their feet under them um, or large sales teams to be able to, in a lot of cases, double their sales. And my goal is to do it in 12 months or less. Beautiful. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And uh, who would be your ideal uh, type of customers that you'd like to work with? Um, I love working with clients that have some sales reps in place. Normally, three reps and a manager is a really great place to start. I, if you're a little smaller, I can still work with you. If you're larger, you can definitely have a great impact. But that's sort of the sweet spot where I can have a significant impact and you can see results quickly because I can train the manager along with the reps and we can have exponential impact that way. Love it. Good. So let's talk about some, some, um, some juicy stuff, but successful sales conversations. Mm -hmm. So let's first talk about health and mindset and how do physical and our mental health impact our sales numbers and our sales results? Oh, great question. So first of all, there's, there's two components that I think are really, really important when it comes to sales and your mindset is so important because whether you're doing the outbound cold calls, which I don't love, or you're just jumping on sales conversations. Either way, it takes a lot of energy and you need to be on your game. And so if you've spent the day like you know, lounging around or you don't have any kind of routine and every day is really sporadic, it's hard to be able to train yourself to flip that switch to be on. Now, we'd love to think that we can be on all the time. It's really, really difficult to be on all the time. But if you train yourself, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes before a call to be ready to go, um, that's a practice as, just as much as going to the gym first thing in the morning. You know, you need to be able to create that sustainable, consistent routine. And if you do it, then it doesn't matter what comes at you in the run of a day. You can handle it. We have to say for people that are like they go to the gym for a bit and then they get busy with work, mm -hmm. then they forget the gym. They're like, oh, you know, I got appointments today or 
I, I just had a kid. Obviously, I'm qualified to just sit around on the couch, <laughs> do nothing. Yeah. Um, what do you use? How do you, how do we fix that? Like, how do we go about you know doing and building the discipline to actually do it? You know what? Um, I, I wish I had a magic pill for you. I'll be honest. The the last few months, I've even struggled with it. So I'm not some superhuman person, but I will tell you this: if you were very clear on your why and you start focusing on identifying the obstacles that are in your way. So for example, I might say, oh, I'm really tired at night, so I can't get up in the morning and go to the gym. Okay, now you know, now fix it. Like, do you go to bed earlier? Do you go to the gym tired? There's lots of options, you're not restricted. You just need to make decisions. And I think that's where the key piece comes in. You need to know why you wanna go work out. Whether it's you want to lose weight, you want to stay in shape, you just want to boost your energy, whatever it is. And for me, as I mentioned, I like, struggled hard last few months. And I realized that it's just getting back into the habit of step one. So for me, it's going in. And my when I went to the gym, I did four exercises. They were good, hard exercises, a little bit of cardio. Yeah. And I left. But you know what? I felt energized. I was there and I felt, oh, great. You know, I feel good. I'm pumped and I can come back tomorrow. I didn't have to burn myself up for two and a half, half hours to feel like I'm a bodybuilder. Right. I, I could do a little bit. We don't have to be perfect. Done is better than perfect, whether it's in sales conversations or working out and just get to start the minimum viable product. What's the minimum yeah. you can do to say, check, it's done. And not that you're looking for a shortcut, but you're looking for a check mark to create that momentum. And I think that translates into sales pretty directly, too. Love it. So what is your why these days? What gets you up in the morning? So. I don't, I think everybody's watching this on video. Um, I've got a baby on the way and this, yeah, I know you can't see it, but this is a dog tag that I was given um, on father's day that basically says, dear daddy, I'm a bump in mommy's belly right now. So keep this next to your heart until I'm there to be in your arms. And Love I'm this every day. Uh, I think I missed a day and I felt really guilty about it actually. Uh, but wearing this every day until my little son is born, and that's what it's about. Nothing else matters now. And for me, yeah. um, I love sales, but I think my whole life, my goal has been to be a dad. So it's a love little that. later in life for me, but I'm that's 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 the why. Absolutely. I mean, when you have a kid on the way, your why gets just a lot stronger. It sure does. <laughs> like if you had a hard time getting up, I don't know, earlier in the morning. Now it's not as hard. Like exactly. Dude, I got a I got a baby coming. Well, like I well, got to buy a bunch of things and. And, and to your to your point about the gym, as an example, I started thinking, what kind of example am I setting for my son? Yeah, I want him to be healthy, him to be active. Sure, he's not born yet, but I need to start a habit now and get it down so that he can see it. I don't want him to see the struggling version of me trying to get my act together. I want yeah. him to see the consistent version. So that's the example. Absolutely. Like one thing that is uh, happening to me is in the evening as i get tired my my kid is like almost six he they want i have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and these kids they want to play same question what example am i setting for my kid and now i'm like working out i go out actually this today after we're done not after we're done but after i'm done with work we're going out for a small hike with the family hang out get the get the blood flowing but then another thing that i'm worried about is with this health thing that we we're talking about is that 10 years from now I don't want to be a grandma or, I mean, I don't want to be a grandpa to my 15 year old. Right. Oh my God, son, I can't walk. Why don't you go play with your friends? I don't want to do that. Like I want to be up and running and, you know, mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, so and that's I see, a pretty good why. Yeah, and I, I see these people. I don't want to get too off track, but I see these people who are you know, the best shape of their lives in their fifties, and I'm like, oh, I've still got a shot. You know, I'm not done yet. Oh yeah, so like, for just, me, uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like one of my goals is to um, be able to ski mm-hmm. until I'm well past my ninety. Wow. Because nice. I see people that ski every weekend in their nineties, and I'm like, I want to do that. I definitely don't want to be on a wheelchair. So we'll see how, the, how, how, how I'm going to pull that off. Cool. Um, let's get back to uh, what we're here to yeah. talk about. I mean, well, these are important stuff. This is our why, though, right? I mean, exactly. our kids, our family, that's why we get up in the morning and do the whole thing. So Absolutely. I don't think we're too far off topic there. <laughs> um, why do business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, experts, speakers, authors, healers, and the rest of the gang find it hard to have sales conversations? And what let's 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 stick to that for now. Well, so I I took a philosophy course in university and it was all about how we perceive the things around us. And the the idea is that we create our behaviors and plan our reactions based on our past experiences, right? This isn't you know rocket science. Um, and so what happens to a lot of people is their first exposure to sales is negative. Like, and I'll use some extreme examples that aren't relevant today, just so no particular industry is insulted but if when you were a kid the encyclopedia salesman came in jammed his foot in the door trying to pitch your mom or your dad it doesn't matter whether they bought or not if you're a three-year-old in the back remember you know having this be your first sales memory or five-year-old or whatever that's a negative thing or if when you were a kid you watched the movie matilda and that danny devito used car salesman character is your impression of what sales is then you're naturally going to have this resistance to being that. And until Mm -hmm. you can have a better perspective of what it means to be a salesman, a salesperson, a sales professional, you're, you're going to resist it because you don't want to be something negative, right? We all have things we don't want to be. And so we need to figure out a form of that sales professional, what that means in a way that we can connect with it and want to be that version of it. Got it. So, uh, and what's the fix to this issue of people are like really resisting the sales activities, the sales conversations, everything about sales. A lot of people actually don't like what's the fix. Well, the fix is to actually get really clear on the impact you're having, because here's the thing. If you can change someone's life, Mm -hmm. but they don't know you exist it's your fault. Their life isn't helped, not theirs. They don't know you exist, so they can't come find you. So you as a business owner, as a consultant, speaker, author, coach, all these things. Mm-hmm. If you don't put in the work to get yourself in front of people that you can help, that's on you, not them. We get way too comfortable going, well, if I get three people to sign up, I'm okay. Oh, if I sell 100 books, I'm okay. If I get, you know, one paid speaking gig, I'm a real speaker. It's not about the money. It's about the impact you have. And I'm sure we'll talk before we're done about the impact that money has in that. But you can't have the impact unless you have people. And the challenge usually isn't, oh, no, I can't get in enough people to come talk to. It's normally I'm too nervous to have that conversation. Or I walk up and say, hey, Mustafa, um, I think I could really help you sell. Do you think maybe you could give me a shot? You're not going to hire me. 
right? You, I, I don't seem like someone you want to model. You need to be the person that your clients want to model. You need to be that example, right? It's a no-brainer to say yes to Tony Robbins because he's nothing but confidence. Yeah. Right? And you need to be that for them, which means you need to show up knowing that what you have, what you give, what you deliver creates a high level of impact. And if you've got somebody who is the right fit, who meets your criteria of a successful client or that can be successful, then you know you're going to knock it out of the park with them. And there might be some, you know, they got to, you know, they got to be all in and all this jazz and that's fine. But if they don't know you exist, that's on you. Absolutely. I love it. I like when the way you, the way you, you the example you made, uh, my response would be, I'm not sure if you're willing to give you a shot right now. Exactly. Right? Well, and, and if I'm going to, you know, really hit it hard, because sometimes motion or uh, motion creates emotion. And I want to actually physically move people with my next comment. I'm going to stare into the camera and make it really awkward too. If you are more worried about you not being uncomfortable in a conversation, then you are worried as to whether or not somebody else gets helped. That's you being selfish. And I'm guessing if you are a coach, a consultant, an author, a speaker, you're not selfish. You're doing it to help people. And so if you find yourself in that moment where you're, you're doubting, you're resistant, you're hesitant. Oh, can I do this? I'm not sure. You need to look in the mirror and say, look, right now your behavior is selfish because you're giving into your own personal concerns, not the actual impact you can have on your client. Got it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. If, if you're not worried about delivering value to your customers and you're more worried about you and and how you're you're being presented then you don't care about what you're doing you're being selfish i love it love it hmm gotta let that sink for a bit <laughs> sometimes sometimes that gets people a little riled up when i say that but. absolutely because right, yeah i'm more concerned about um uh, let, let's let's take that a couple steps further so then then from that statement the the solution is to be worried about helping people and, and and focus not even worry about focus on helping people and i think if that's the approach would then the, would that then be the uh, solution to uh, absolutely like i'm i'll, I'll use a, a more black and white kind of example yeah um, i've been in toastmasters for almost seven years i think and um the difference between a professional speaker and someone who's just starting is purely where they focus. When you're on stage, you're going, oh no, am I, you know, is my, is my fly up, you know, is my shirt untucked? Do I have something on my shirt? All that stuff is all you focus. And that, you can tell that when a speaker's thinking that. But when a speaker becomes great, it's because all they're focused on is what they're delivering to the audience. They don't care. If you go up there with confidence and you deliver your message and you've got a clear call to action, and you're helping people move from where they are to where they want to be. It doesn't matter if you've got a rip in your pants or your shirt's got to stand on it. Nobody cares. And, and I think when it comes to business, we need to make that uh, a more clear definition of where, where your focus is. Are you so worried that someone's going to you know, give you some angry message on the Facebook post? Um, so you're not going to go live or is that okay? Knowing that there's one angry person, but you change two people's lives. What's the trade off? And it takes some thick skin. It doesn't always feel good. 
Yeah. And you but might get some no's, and so you might get some some people to slam the door or you know hang up the phone on you. I guarantee you'll get some no's. Yeah, but you got to get to the no's to get to the yes. Absolutely, I I love it. Like I, I, and I've done this practice, but we all have our doubts about what we're doing. Is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Is this the right price? Are they going to buy? Are they just going to say this is a stupid idea or whatnot? You know, and, our and, internal talks. And transparently, I still go through it myself. Oh yeah, we all do. Right? Yeah, it's, everybody it's, does. Even the biggest Tony Robbins goes through that kind of stuff. But it's like, what do you do with it? But I think exactly. the why is, like you said, is a lot stronger. I'm going to help a bunch of people. I'm going to help this one person and transform their lives, or his or her life, and that's all I care about. Yeah, and I think the question that you, you and the audience, you know, we can all ask ourselves is, how many people do I need to help? to make it okay to have one person upset with me that doesn't agree with what I'm doing. How many people? If I change one life, is it okay if somebody doesn't like me? Is it two lives? What's I the ratio, have... right? Oh, wow. and, and maybe you have a hundred people that don't like you, but if you change one person's life for it, it doesn't matter, right? That's, that's the ratio. And everyone's gonna be different. And the fact of the matter is that people don't get pissed off. Like, hey, can I help you? Like, what, you're gonna get pissed off because I said I offered help? Exactly. <laughs> and if you someone know, does it's probably because they have a bad day <laughs> well and you know there's there's so many places that you can pull really great sales tips from um and one of the best ones and if i didn't frame that properly uh it probably wouldn't be received as well but network marketing teaches some of the best sales tips and one of the best thing i ever heard was some will some won't so what exactly some and it, will, it, some won't love it. So yeah, what? You don't need to be attached to the nose, mm -hmm. right? There's another yes waiting. There was there was once a challenge. Um, I went to a, a course myself, actually, an event, and it was they were promoting sales, and and I was just there because I just wanted to see what it was about. Um, but I participated all uh, fully, and they said, okay, tonight you're going to go to this restaurant at 8 p.m. All I think there was 25 of us, and you're going to go around the restaurant to each other and even other people in the restaurant. And you're going to pitch your product and you can't leave until you get 10 no's. Love it. It was 2 a.m. And I said, I got to tap out. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get 10 people to say no. And it's because I was like, my focus was, how do I get the no? I'm just going to go pitch. I, I've, I'm not attached to the yes anymore. I'm attached to the no. And I made a pile of money making these sales that, and I had no emotional attachment to it. You know, speaking of no's. I was reading uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Have you read that book? Um, I have it. I haven't gotten all the way through it, though. So he's like, you've got to ask questions in a way where you get no's instead of yeses. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're not here to, you don't want to go out of business in the next six months, do you? No. Then uh, would you say, would you, what would you say? Uh, you know, you, you would just formulate the question when it gives, when it gives you a no, because people love to say no, mm -hmm. right? But, it's like, you don't want to get bankrupt in the next month or two, do you? No. All right, then why don't we just have a conversation here? Then would you be would you be opposed to a conversation that may help you eliminate bankruptcy? No, I'm not. All right, then let's have a conversation. Right. You <laughs> right. usually know as a yes. Yeah. yeah. That's love it. Uh, so, and I love that exercise. Uh, always, uh, you would people hear me say on the, on the, on the show, on the podcast that like one of the best things, I and I haven't done this myself, but I, I I would look for an, I've done versions of it mm -hmm. and I love to do door knocking. 
It's like the best confidence building exercise in sales, period. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you get so many no's and they're like, and then you get used to it. You're like, all right, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so um, what are some, some common mistakes that business owners make when it comes to having sales conversations or during sales conversations or around it? So one thing actually, and to your door knocking point, um, I, I want to kind of piggyback on that. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was new. She had a, a lead generation company. She was going to go generate leads for these businesses. And she said, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go knock on some doors. I'm like, right on, do your thing. But I want you to call me before and after you go into each one. So she calls, she's okay. I'm outside this dental office. I'm going to go in. All right. So she went in and she came up and she's like, oh, that was horrible. Oh my gosh. They, they basically, you know, threw me out the door. It's horrible. I'm like, great. You can't stop now because 100% of your experience is bad. So now we go to the next one. Oh, but I can't. I'm nervous. Trust me. The next one was an agency that had come on in. Let me show you the office. Oh my gosh, this is great. You know what? It's not a great fit right now, but when my partner gets back, we can absolutely explore it. And suddenly she's batting 50-50 as far as positive versus negative experiences. And so I made her go one more. And the third one luckily was positive. But so as a business owner, you can't stop at the negative. Okay. And so that's one of the mistakes that people make, I guess. Absolutely. That happens and they're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, it's so easy, right? What's the phrase? I hope this doesn't get your, your video flagged, but that's just a phrase. If you're going through hell, keep going. Like, don't stop. <laughs> that's not where you want to be, right? So <laughs> if you're in that discomfort, and if, you know, we want to quote Batman, the, you know, the, what is it? The, the it's always the darkest before the dawn, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, just keep going. And keep we see on. these memes, these graphics all over the place. The guy who's digging for gold and he stops this short yeah. of where it is, right? just keep going like if you don't stop you can't lose you might have to have some very strong conversations with yourself coach yourself coax yourself bribe yourself if i do these five calls i'm gonna go get myself uh whatever yeah right yeah get get it done because if you get it done and you create an experience beyond that initial negative one you're just going to open up so many doors for yourself Absolutely. What other, what are some other mistakes that people make with sales conversations? Um, so the first thing is not, well, one of them is not making sure that the person you're talking to knows you're in a sales conversation. So I've seen many people be like, Hey, um, yeah, do you want to go for coffee? Sure. And so like, yeah, we're going to have a casual conversation, you know, you and me sitting there talking and suddenly I go into some pitch and they're like, Whoa, hold on. Uh... What? Okay. <laughs> be- because then, um, I mean, if it's a really great pitch, then maybe. But the reality is you start creating a, a gap, like a wedge between you and the other person if they don't know. I would much rather have the the, the transition from a casual conversation or meeting in a network group or a, like a Zoom event or something to say, hey, you know what? Um, let's jump on a quick call. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your business. Um, and if I can help you, we can go from there. Jump on that call. It feels a little bit more business-like, but isn't necessarily a sales call. Learn more. And then if you need to proceed into a, a pitch or an offer, say, great. Do you mind if I share a little bit about how I think I can help you? Or even better, say, you know what? Um, and give yourself this short period of time, like 15 minutes. Hey, look, I got 15 minutes to jump on a call with you. I just want to learn a little bit more about your business. Jump on that call. Say, hey, I want to respect your time. We agreed to 15 minutes. But look, I think I can help you. Um, I've got a spot 
to do a strategy session uh, tomorrow at two. Would that work for you? Once it's a strategy session or a breakthrough call or whatever phrase, it doesn't matter what you call it. As long as there's a mental shift to what that call is and they know, hey, we're going to dig deep. We're going to talk about problems and solutions and there may be an offer. Then you increase your chances exponentially of actually closing versus someone feeling like they just got railroaded. Right. So you just want to let them know what is going to happen yeah. and the intention. Absolutely. Can we talk about your business? I think I could help you out here. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Versus, all right. So tell me how to deal with the fear of that. Cause I think a lot of people don't even do that. They, they, a lot of people do the coffee route. Right. Yeah. And then in the middle, they, 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 you know, jump into a pitch and then the guy, you know, they hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. Tell us how to deal with the fear of that expressing the intention clearly and what to care for and what not to care for, I guess. Well, I think it comes down to um, how, how good you want this relationship to be. Because what happens, and again, this is where I'm going to hit hard. If you, you, know, you railroad somebody with a sales pitch when they thought it was a social situation, that's like a violation of trust. Now, I'm not saying you should never pitch, but if you're going in with the intention of making an offer, then make sure they know. When I go into coffee conversations like this, what I do is, um, I, I first, I just want to understand the, the landscape. I need to know what's going on before I can solve a problem. I'm not going to say, man, let me tell you, have I got a sales training program for you? I don't know anything about this person, right? I need to know. I need to know the challenges. I need to know what they've tried. And so I, that, so that first one, for everybody listening, watching go in just to learn like think about a doctor a good doctor um where the doctor has to ask you questions before they can you know figure out what the problem is and prescribe a solution you need to be that trusted advisor that doctor if in network marketing companies again i talked about positively earlier and i'm going to give the negative spin here a lot of them not all of them and it's not all people but a lot of them will say hey Friend, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. Let's go for coffee. And it turns into, have I got an opportunity for you? And you're like, come on, I was just enjoying my coffee, right? Like it just feels, it feels like a disconnect. But if you had the coffee truly caught up uh, with them and then identified that, hey, they were saving up, they wanted to make some extra money to save up for something or whatever, then say, hey, you know what? I might have something for you. I don't, you know, wh why don't we book some time? We can have a quick phone call um, later in the week. And we can chat a little bit more about it. Then you framed it separately. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Love don't it. cross those lines because it's just like trying to sell to a friend. It gets really weird. And you need to have some hard lines and how that goes because your friends want everything for free. Exactly. I like I like that idea. I mean, even if you want if you say you're gonna you're gonna have coffee, keep it to coffee. Do not bring business in. Yeah. I mean, and you can you can talk about how business is going, but don't go pitching. So I have a question here, and the question is, how do you gauge if prospects can afford your services? How do you ask questions? What's your budget without asking that? Ooh, great question. Good question. So um, I handle this a couple of ways. Now, it depends if you're doing business to business or business to consumer. Um, business to business, sometimes you just got to ask their budget because they're, they're working on a budget that's approved by a whole committee. But if you're doing business to consumer or it's a small business owner and doesn't have a bunch of other people to go through approvals on, um, what I start with is, especially if I know the solution that I'm going to suggest, I'm going to say, hey, how much is a sale worth to you? Like, I want to know the value 
to them of the impact that I'm going to have. So I need to know what making one new sale would be. In fact, I like I've just put up a sales page for a program and I said straight up, if if making a new sale is worth 100 bucks or more to you, you could be a right fit. If it's less than 100 bucks, you're not. So I, I need to know what the value is that I'm going to create. So, for example, actually, uh, Mustafa, give me an example of um, uh, a product or something that we, we, we want to check a budget on. Uh, for my product? It, it can be your product. It can be any, any scenario you want to run. Uh, let's say a product is a, it's a, it's a, it's a workshop that is $500. Okay. Awesome. So, I, so I want to get, uh, I want to understand if somebody can afford this $500 workshop. Now we're targeting business owners, right? Small business owners. So this is the conversation that I would have. I would say, look, uh, Mustafa, you know, you mentioned to me, and of course I got to know something about their business. You mentioned to me that you've had challenges getting really focused and having a straight, clear path going through your business. Um, how much do you think that's cost you over the last 12 months? What is costing me again? Um, not, not having a clear path and, and feeling like you're staying focused. It cost me a lot of money, like all unearned business, I guess. Yeah. And if you had to guess just, for, you know, off the top of your head, how, how many clients do you think you, you may have lost an opportunity to, to have work with you just because maybe you were unfocused? Probably 30 to 50. Okay. And so dollar amount, what would that look like to you? probably oh multiple six figures okay so tell me this if i could make sure that you do you never spend another year like that where you know you can stay focused you can make sure that your path is bang on and you can focus on getting those clients that you need and serving them correctly and not lose out on that six figures does that be something you'd be interested in absolutely is that something that you'd be willing to invest, you know, a couple thousand dollars in? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I've got a workshop coming up. It's not a couple thousand dollars. It's 500 bucks. So for 500 bucks, I can show you everything you need to do to make sure that you never have a year like you had this last year where you lost six figures plus in revenue. How's that sound? Hmm. I love it. Lo I love how you, what you did there. It's like, you're like, you're like, what's this? What is this doing to you? Well, it's costing me multiple six figures. Well, if it's costing you multiple fix, six figures, would you be open to spend even 10 grand to fix that? Answer, absolutely. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I have good news for you. It's not 10 grand. You could fix this with two grand, $500. Oh, love it. Love that. That was a great, great example. And, and you could even go a step further, depending on how far ahead you're thinking. If you want to seed your other offers, and say, look, when I work one-on-one -on -one with somebody, yeah, we, you know, we charge ten, twenty thousand dollars. But what I have for you, and I think is going to be the best place for you to start, I've got this workshop. It's only five hundred bucks. Yeah, right. So then they're going, oh, okay, your 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 time's valuable. Your results are are high impact. Great. Yeah, I'm happy to invest five hundred bucks to taste it, to get a feel for it. But but the key Love piece, the, the the key piece there is to be able to anchor. And here's what we did. Whenever you're talking about pricing or budgets, you need to anchor their focus on something. Yeah. Um, and if you if if you don't, like people will tell me all the time, I'm expensive. I can say, well, compared to what? And they don't know. Yes, I'm more expensive than buying gas. You know, um, I'm not more expensive than losing your business, right? Like, it's all it's all what the the contrast is. And so, if you can anchor them to something, like in in my sales conversations. I tell, use an example of a client that I coached um, that 
then he charges $30,000 to work with clients. And people are like, wow, if his client charges 30,000, he must be more expensive. Okay. And suddenly they're thinking, you know, along that lines. And by the end of the conversation, when they found out that in that particular scenario, and that's what I was offering, and that was the investment also 30,000. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's reasonable. It's going to show me how I can offer that. That's all. Yeah. Like it, it feels a lot easier. Absolutely. But I don't have to say, Hey, I'm expensive or Hey, I'm not expensive. I just tell a story with an anchor price point in it. I love that. What I notice is uh, the fact that you actually ask questions to probe more for their for his for say my challenges in this case mm -hmm. versus saying, "Oh, I'm amazing and the course is amazing and if you join me, this and that and that is going to happen." You just dived into my problem in this situation. Like, all right, this is what it's actually costing you, mm -hmm. and it's actually going to cost you a lot more. You are costing you a lot of money. <laughs> So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and so I started my career off actually working in a call center and it was like a five to $25 product uh, selling long distance services. Those are scenarios where you use close ended questions where you're like, Hey, it'd be nice to save money, right? Yeah. Okay. So what would it be like if I could save you five bucks a month? Oh, that'd be good. Okay, cool. And it's like, it's very pressure driven, very fast. But when you're in a situation where you need to be able to have somebody commit you need to be able to have some kind of transformation. You want to have those open-ended questions so you get their words telling you the problem they have or what the solution would look like. Love it. Now, gang, if you're watching or listening, my conversation with Jeremy the Merchant is about successful sales conversations. So if you have any questions, comments, feedback about the conversation, put them in a comment and in the chat box, and we'll do our best to cover our, your question and make sure to like the video and share it with someone that could benefit from successful sales conversations. Wow, this is going really good. Tell me about, uh, let's talk about some good practices or best practices for a, a successful daily routine for sales success. Mm. So it really depends on where sales fits in your role. So if you are a business owner, a solopreneur, a small business where you're doing everything and you have to do sales to keep your business alive. Yep. One, you want to be able to have time blocked out, whether it's two or three days a week. Uh, I mean, it could be five days a week, but have a block out that you do not negotiate. So just like we're talking about time to go to the gym, build in your calendar, time to do outreach, time to do follow up. Okay. You need to be able to have time blocked off. Now, you're also going to have times in your day where you follow up with people at times that they requested. I would encourage you to have set times in your calendar when you're available to do that. So for example, if Mustafa, you and I are, are talking and you're like, great, you know what, Jeremy, this sounds great. Um, I need to check this one thing. Let's jump back on a call tomorrow at 2 PM. I want to make sure that if I'm swamped with all the things going on in my business, that I can show up to that call with as much focus as possible. And so if there's a way that I can have that meeting happen at a time that I've kind of blocked out to deal with the sales side of things, it's going to let me show up more powerfully. So if I say, I mean, yeah, you know, tomorrow at two is great. Well, what you don't know is from 1 PM to 4 PM, I have blocked off purely for sales follow-up. So it's the perfect window for me. Right. So if you can do that, it's, it's kind of like batching when you're when you're doing things in in your business, creating 
content, emails, things like that. If you can do a whole lot of things at once, even, even shows like this, if you can do a bunch of them all in one day, your energy's on, you're in the flow, it's easier. So if you say, look, on you know Wednesday afternoons, Tuesday mornings, Thursday mornings are all sales stuff, and then I keep Fridays for catch up or whatever. But if you build that, that, that schedule like in your calendar, You've got this routine. Again, I'm back to routine. If you build this routine, it becomes easier. The mm-hmm. other part I'll mention is don't show up to a call when the call's supposed to happen. Like, give yourself some breathing room. Don't be rushed. If you need to do a little research on the person, you want to check your notes from last time, go to your CRM. If, let me know if we want to talk about that a little later. Um, but go to your CRM. See, re- remind yourself where the situ- situation's at. I mean, make sure you're showing up with as much confidence as possible. And that probably only needs five minutes if you've just talked to the person, you know, a couple of days prior. But if it's a cold outreach, you might need to do more research. Give yourself 15, 20 minutes to get a feel for how you're going to reach out to them, what language you're going to use, what's going to matter most likely to this person. Love Does that make it. sense? So dedicate time, stick to your time, and then uh, do what needs to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I I read a quote a while ago um, saying that discipline is the ability to make a decision Mm -hmm. and then do it, right? Mm -hmm. So if your call time is between 9 to 11 a.m., it's your decision. Make the decision, pick up the phone, and do it. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it, and and along with going back to what you just mentioned. Well, I think on the discipline side – the, the biggest challenge we have is we have a hard time taking our CEO hats off. And between that time that we block off, we need to stop being CEO and we need to be sales rep. And you need to work as if the CEO is watching us. The time that you have blocked out as, for sales rep time, if you were your boss, which you are, would you keep you or would you fire you? Now, are you performing as a sales rep during that time at a level that would make your boss extra happy to have you on the team? That's a problem with a lot of business owners. It's like it we really would fire ourselves on almost everything that we do because yeah. we don't focus. Exactly. Absolutely. And if you can use your calendar as a tool for this, um, I, I've seen it work really, really well for a lot of people. It's not a perfect system, but it, you know, if you put the hat on, hey, this is the salesperson hat. Great. This is the CEO hat. I mean, if you want to go an extra step further, I guess I don't have them here, but um, like Todd Herman, uh, he talks about um, his... Uh, Oh, what's the book called? And anyway, he talks about an alter, oh, the alter ego effect, it's called. And he says, you know, when you need to be a different version of yourself, you can use something, put on a ring or a watch or glasses. And for him, it's glasses. He, he wears glasses in anything you see him in, but he doesn't actually need glasses. The glasses are like his version of Clark Kent. Hey, now I'm on. This is the version of me I need to be for from now till whenever. Yeah. So feel yeah. free to you know change those hats and do it intentionally because that's when you're going to give yourself the focus that you need. Absolutely, love it. So we talked about a lot, about a, a lot of challenges and what what mistakes and what people are doing. Give us give us some tips on uh, for having good successful sales conversations. What are some things that we do need to do to have better conversations? So the first thing is listen, and I know everybody says this, listen. Um, But I want you to listen even more than the average conversation. And what this looks like is not only listening, but digging deeper. So you've actually seen uh, Mustafa ask me a question, then dig deeper. 
right? He wants to get to these, this next level. And in sales, you need to do the same thing. I challenge you in these conversations to try to dig six or seven layers deep on someone's why. And I use three simple phrases to do this because I want to know, you know, why do you want to buy my services or, you know, why do you want to, whatever it is, right? Um, for example, wh why do you want to make more money and, and have more focus? And I want to hear level one. Great. And I'll say, tell me more about that. Yeah. I want them to go deeper. Mm -hmm. I might say, why is that important to you? They go deeper. And the last one, I just ask why not like why, but why? And it allows them to open up. You need to let somebody open up to share what's important to them. They will guide you down the street that you need to be on to help them identify the problem that you probably can help themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think we shouldn't be scared of asking that why question, because I think some people are even afraid of digging deep. Yeah. Right. And then once we go past that, in my experience, when they share and when they talk about their problems and we actually spend the time to pay attention and hear them out, people, prospects, customers and people actually really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, in, in fact, if you are in a networking situation. And you go up to somebody and for the three or four minutes that you're supposed to spend talking to somebody, if you spend that entire time just asking them about themselves, by the end of that conversation, they will think you are the most interesting person in the room. Absolutely. Even if they don't know anything about you. Yeah. Oh, that's such a nice guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you've actually done nothing. You just listen. Exactly. Because I, because it, it feels like I care. It feels like they're important, right? I'm connecting. I'm asking why I want to know what's behind, you know, what kind of dog they have. I want to know why it's so important to get their kid into the baseball league or whatever it is. Right. And that matters to them that it matters to me. Absolutely. And let me correct what I just said. It's not like you didn't do anything. You actually listened and you paid attention and you cared about hearing that person out. Yeah. So love it. Jeremy, tell us about the gift, uh, this amazing gift that you're sharing with our audience. Yeah. So I've got this. So I call it the ultimate sales cheat sheet, but the technical title is the five C's of successful sales conversations. And this is, it's really simple. Um, in fact, I don't want you to potentially take for, take it for granted based on its simplicity. Um, it's like three pages. Um, I had a version of this that is actually down to one page, but it has five key pieces that guide you through a sales conversation. And I've had clients who have pinned this up on their wall next to their computer and let it guide them through and have closed $10,000 sales. So wow. do wow. not take it for granted. It is simple. It is extremely simple and it'll also change your life if you use it. Five C's of successful sales conversations. Gang, uh, the link in, is in the show notes and the sales uh, show show notes and the show description. It is in the comments below. Go there. The link is way too long for me to spell it out for you. But the website is permissiontosell.com. And uh, uh, you could go there to, and I'm sure there might be a link there that they could see. Yeah, right on the front. Download page. the five C's of successful sales conversations, which is what we've been talking about basically all the way, all the way along. So there's another question here. What's a good way to practice this methodology, asking why questions on daily basis to hone sales skills? <laughs> this is a fun one. So um, if you have any kind of relationship at all, partner, spouse, sibling, colleague, whatever, Ask them something and try to ask it seven layers deep. 
Like uh, we talked about me having having a baby soon. Well, you could easily ask me seven layers. Hey, why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? And I'll tell you, if you dug deep enough, this is what you'd hear. Sorry, everyone that knows me live. You would hear that I would go, I've always wanted to make my dad proud and I feel like I never could. And I want to make sure my son doesn't feel that way. Hmm. That's that's the seven levels deep for me. Now, I gave it to you and it would take a little while to get there. But if you ask, tell me more about that. Why is that important? That's where I would go. And, and, and that's, and you can have that with your partner. Like I have a fantastic relationship with my wife because I use these strategies in a regular communication. I will say, Hey, you know, tell me more about that. And you know, the language is a little different with your partner, but it's still the same, same basic idea. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Practicing with your partners and people around you and be curious and dig deep. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be sales conversations. Here's um, let me, yeah. my experience with that. Mm-hmm. I've heard Hart T. Harvaker saying the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. So if you do that with your spouse and with your family and with your friends and everyone, then you're going to do that with your customers and it's going to be natural. Absolutely. And that, I think that's from the personal philosophy of caring about people. If you care about your family, you're going to do it with your customers. If you don't care about your family, chances are you're not going to do it with your customers either. You may try for a day or two, but then you may forget it. So love that exercise. Love that. I'm actually doing, I'm going to, I'm going to pay more attention to that with my wife and kids. I'll tell you, it will make you even better in your existing relationships. Cause suddenly they'll be like, Oh, he's, he's a lot more curious about what's important to me. Yeah. I feel so cared about. I feel so seen, you know, like this, this stuff that makes a huge difference. And you may see things happen that probably didn't happen before. Yeah. You know, your, your, your spouse, your friend may get creative <laughs> because yeah. there is more love now. They were cared for. Exactly. And the, the other part is that you will actually start to see them trust you even more because there's probably things, whether it's a spouse, a partner, a friend, a colleague, there's probably things that, that they don't, share with you as comfortably because they don't feel as comfortable doing it. Like that communication doesn't always feel as open in certain contexts, but if you really show that you care about why things are important to them, suddenly that channel will open up and you'll become one of their trusted friends. Like as a quick example, um, I was in the online education world. First time I sold an online degree, the sales call don't copy this part of it, but the sales call was four and a half hours. Don't do that. But we built up so much trust. One, she invested $30,000 to sign up for the degree. But two, six months later, she called me to say, Jeremy, I think I need to end my existing relationship. And you're the only one I trust enough to tell. This is a woman that lived across the country. I'd never met in person. I think I'd had four phone calls with. And the trust that was built in that sales conversation gave was was enough that she was comfortable sharing with me something that she felt like she couldn't tell anyone else in the world and it wasn't that she was hitting on me or leaving a husband from me or anything it was just i was the only one she could trust that she was having these thoughts yeah that's the power very interesting very interesting all right so jeremy where can people find out more about you and or reach out to you and say you know what this guy is really interesting he knows his stuff i want to have a chat with him yeah, you can uh, find me. I'm Jeremy Estimerchant on Facebook. Uh, my main business website is permission to sell.com. 
I'm actually, you can look up Jeremy Demerchant on Google and you'll find me. Uh, also, you can check out my podcast, salesteamrescue.com, uh, where we we had an awesome conversation. Actually, just last week when we recorded, it was last week when we recorded live, you and I. Um, and uh, yeah, had a phenomenal episode with you there as well. So make sure you guys check it out, salesteamrescue.com, if you want these sales tips to keep on coming. Beautiful. So gang, uh, with the, the links are going to be in the show notes. So do reach out to Jeremy. He obviously understands and knows. Uh, uh, he's been doing this, this since he was 14. How long is that, Jeremy? Is that 15, <laughs> 20 years now? How old am I? Oh, I'm almost... Uh... Oh man, what year are we? Um, I am almost. You have to think about it. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I think I'm almost. I'm, almost, I'm turning 38. All right, good for you. So, so that's almost 13, 14 years now. Yeah, Maybe 20, even more. 20, 24 years. Is that right? Yeah. Love years. it. Love it. Years and years of experience. So there's <laughs> a wealth of knowledge, experience, and wisdom <laughs> in that. Go reach out. Have a conversation with it. So let me ask you some personal questions. Yeah. Um, um, what's a new thing that you recently tried? Oh, um, you know what? This isn't that new, but it's impactful enough that I want to share. Um, I have a friend of mine who talks about money mindset. And I went on Amazon and I bought fake $100 bills. And I've got $20,000 here in fake money that I keep in front of me every day. And on my whiteboard, I have a note that says money is not a problem. And I do this because then in my mind, I can train my mind to say 20 grand is not a big deal. If I want an extra 20 grand, I can go make it. I see it every day. So that's one wow. thing that I've tried. And the, when I first did it within four weeks, I made an extra 20 grand that I wasn't expecting. So love it. You know what I saw? I actually literally saw Bob Proctor talking about this a couple of weeks ago or last week or so, he's saying always carry money with you. And he was saying that he didn't have the money. He actually did the exact same thing. He, he printed what looked like money, put it in his pocket, and he always carried it with him. I've got actually same note. I've, I've got, no, I'm in Canada. I've got a $100 US bill just sitting in my wallet that I, I can't really spend in this country. And I'm not going to. It stays in my wallet for that same reason. I can never say I'm broke. I just got at least 100 bucks in there. Yeah. I'm love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Now, Jeremy, what are your favorite top two or three books that I've made a massive Ooh. business in you business life and the rest of it. You know what? Um, I'm a huge fan of Robin Sharma. Um, he's amazing at leadership and he has a lot of great books. He wrote the book, the monk who sold his Ferrari, but the one that I actually like better is called uh, the leader without a title by Robin Sharma. That's a fantastic book. It really talks about, how no matter what your position is, what your role is, if you truly go all in on it, you can absolutely be amazing. Um, another one I just started was, uh, what is it? Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. Um, I've, I'm a fan of Tony Robbins and, and Dean, and I just started uh, Dean's book. It's, it's a couple years old now, uh, but I just started it this week and it's already phenomenal. But I love uh, books from um what's the stuff that really gets me going? what's one book that you've recommended so many times like people are like you've got to read this book oh you know what um if people really want to think outside the box sorry i'm looking back at my bookshelf um i my go-to to people that don't understand business is the four-hour work week so they can understand what might be possible um that's and the other thing is if anybody wants to learn sales in the online marketing space, I default to Russell Brunson's books. 
um, dot com secrets, expert secrets, traffic secrets. What else? I got, I, got, I think I got all these all his books in, on my shelf. Um, just great content, and he does such a great job at teaching sales, the the logic of sales, and building it into sales funnels. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. If you had a, if there was an ad on the web for you on Facebook or uh, Google or whatnot, where everyone on the planet with internet could see your ad, what would your message be? Oh, that's a big question. I mean, if I was driving business, I would just say increase your sales period. Uh, but if I, but I don't think that would change the world because people wouldn't act on it. Um, I think I would try to come up with something a lot more deep that can make somebody actually make a shift or move just from the words and not actually have to do some kind of call to action. So um, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, I would say trust yourself enough to do that thing you're scared to do. Love it. Love it. Trust yourself enough to do the stuff that you're scared to do. And I specifically say that thing, because everybody's got a thing, a thing that they're like, I want to, but I'm nervous. And if you trust yourself, it's not about anybody else. It's not about getting the information. It's trusting yourself enough mm. to do that thing you're scared to do. Yourself enough. Because mm -hmm. I think that's a problem. A lot of us don't, don't trust ourselves enough. Yeah. If we, had, if we had more time, I'd go into that story, but we'll catch that in another episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what's an advice that made a massive change in your life? Oh, man. Um, one of them is inspect what you expect. Uh, that was just a, a phrase, and it wasn't originally from the guy that told it to me, but he was a manager at an online university that I was working at at the time. And it made me realize that if people don't know that I, that I'm paying attention and care enough about what I want to pay attention, they won't care about it enough. Um, the other part I will mention is he said, and again, this isn't his quote, but it's everything you want in life is just outside your comfort zone. And my tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. My, my tagline for the company is actually get uncomfortable, get results. And the reason it is, I guess I will slip into the story super quick. Um, I used to have so much anxiety about things like public transit. I was 28 before I jumped on a public bus. I was so nervous that I was going to mess something up. I was going to not have the right change, hold up the line, get everybody upset with me. Oh my gosh, it was the end of the world. And then one day I left my job at the online university. I went back to school. I traded in my car for a bicycle and a bus pass. And I spent a year riding the bus. And the only difference was once I pushed myself to do it, I learned that I could trust myself, not to know it all, but to be able to figure it out. Nice. Nice. Love it. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Trust yourself enough to be able to figure it all out. Love it. Or start a business now. <laughs> I started my business later than I would have liked as well. So I would say start at 20 instead of 28. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Jeremy, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. And I, 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 as I feel like we could go on forever. I could. <laughs> um, uh, so is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience that we didn't talk about? You know, I think the, the last thing that I want to mention is that, you know, the, the world doesn't turn until a sale is made. And whether it's the, the chair you're sitting on, the 
AirPods or EarPods or headphones or whatever that you're listening to, everything that surrounds you, you purchased and ultimately was sold to you, whether it was by an ad or a person. So sales is not a bad thing. Sales is what makes the world turn. And the more proficient, the more confident you can get at having those conversations and demonstrating your value, the more impact you will have in the world. Love it. Love it. Absolutely amazing. Gang, gang, do reach out to Jeremy the Merchant. Uh, you could search him. What was your website again, Jeremy? Uh, PermissionToSell.com. PermissionToSell.com was his website. Uh, the link to his five C's of successful sales conversations is in the show notes. It is in the comments of the show uh, on social media. And so go ahead, download it. Do reach out. Uh, let him help him help you. Let him help you improve your com uh, sales conversations become better at sales, and then uh, take it from there. As usual, please like the show, subscribe to the channel, whichever channel you're watching on, and share this very important conversation with someone that uh, could use it. And that would be about 99.5% of business owners out there. So you must know a business owner, uh, coach, consultant, speaker, author that could uh, improve their sales, right? Uh, <laughs> we don't want to <laughs> insult them and be like, Hey, you're not doing good with sales. Why don't you listen yeah. to them? But the, the, the question is, Hey, if you'd like to make at least one more sale a month, listen to this episode. Absolutely. Hey, would you like to bring in an extra six figures to your business this month, this year, in the next 12 months? Yeah. Right. The answer is usually yes. Some <laughs> people are be like, no, I don't want it. I'm good. All right. But we're okay with that. So thank you for joining me uh, at uh, Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini. I'm with my guest, Jeremy Demerchan. Uh, we hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week, and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye now.